Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, Joe Waters here at Cause Talk Radio, and of course I'm here with my lovely Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hello. How's everything going? It's just lovely. You know, I'm lovely. The day's lovely. The it's day just is a lovely. lovely. Day. It's we a have lovely, lovely day. guest today. We have a lovely guest, and you know, we're recording this um, July Fourth weekend, and Woo. you know, I can't think of a better guest to have online because we can all sit and have a nice cold beer <laughs> with her. Right. And she can buy all the time. So on the line with us now is Risha Sherman, who's manager of philanthropy and cause marketing at the Boston Beer Company. Hey, Risha, how's it going? Hey, Joe. Hey, Megan. Happy fourth weekend to you guys. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this is super fun. Always believe- fun to sit down with you guys and talk, and yeah. I'm enjoying a cold one. I'm not sure if you guys are. <laughs> hey, it's a little hey, bit later where you are than hey, where Lisa, I am. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Come on. You know? <laughs> That's when in Rome, Joe. That's right. When in Rome. Absolutely. That's like coffee over there at the Boston <laughs> Beer right. Company anyway. So, hey, but Risa, thanks so much for joining us. And I mean, we want to talk about, there's so much to talk about you. I mean, you're one of my favorite people in cause. And of course, one of those things is enhanced by the fact that you're right here in Boston, uh, which is so exciting. And we're on the line now to talk about uh, several cause initiatives that you folks do. But we want to start by talking about this Brewing the American Dream, this program that's been around for quite a while for you sometimes, and I believe is a Halo Award winner, isn't it, Megan? It is. Wow, impressive, Risa. Thank you. Yes, uh, Bring the American Dream is near and dear to my heart, as you know, um, from before I joined the company, um, and certainly now uh, being internal at Sam Adams, so I'd, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, give us the overview. There's so many moving pieces to this, so kind of tell us what it's about for people who aren't familiar with the program, and maybe just how it started, because that's a great story as well. Sure. So Bring the American Dream um, is really the what I would call the um, signature, the focus philanthropy program um, for, for the Sam Adams brand. And really, I'd say for, for a good part of the, the larger Boston Beer Company. Um, and it was inspired by the genesis of the company and by Jim Cook. Um, Jim Cook is our founder and brewer, by his, um, inspired by his journey starting Sam Adams in his kitchen 32 years ago. Wow. When... The the idea for the program was being developed. Um, it, it really, um, Jim asked us to build on something that's really a core part of our DNA at the company and a core part of our culture, which is this idea of adding value. How can we add value for the people who we're trying to help beyond just a check? Um, and Bring the American Dream is about supporting um, small um, hardworking entrepreneurs, small business owners in the food and beverage industry, really with a very focused outcome that I think speaks to also to the heart of our company. And, and really, it's about helping people to get up every day, do something that they love and they're passionate about, um, helping them to provide for their families, create local jobs and be a part of 
vibrant, growing community. And there's so many different pieces of this campaign. So one of the things that you do is a mentorship program, right? Where you have employees that work one-on-one with these small business entrepreneurs, which sort of strikes me as an employee engagement play as well. Absolutely. So when the program was being developed, we really looked and, and we knew kind of what we wanted to do. Um, we looked at what are the major barriers um, to being a successful small business owner. And what I think was so profound for those of us who were developing the program at the time is that really the same three significant challenges um, that small business owners face today are the exact same three challenges that Jim faced when he started this program and when he started the hmm. company in his kitchen, excuse me, um, 32 years ago. Um, And it's amazing with all the progress that we've made in society, these same three problems still exist for the small business owner. And really, the the three legs of the stool of this program, Megan, to answer your question, address those three challenges. So um, one is um, access to capital. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, really virtually impossible for small business owners, particularly those um, in the food and beverage space, because it is such a risky um, type of business to start. Very, very hard for them to access um, what I would call traditional um, loans and such from from banks or other traditional lending institutions. Um, the other piece that you mentioned is access to experienced coaches and mentors. Look, mm. there's lots of people willing to give advice, um, but it's so much more helpful when these people have actually walked in your shoes, when they understand the nuances of running a food or beverage business and what kind of happens in that industry that's almost like no other um, industry. And then the um, final piece to the stool, uh, the final leg of the stool, is really helping people to access um, new customers and markets for their products. Mm. And so all of our programmatic elements are built out of those three specific challenges. Now, it's interesting, Risa. You know, I remember when this this program first came out, and some people were kind of like, wait a minute here, Jim's basically creating more competitors for himself because one of your focus here is on craft brewing. And of course, that hasn't been the case. But was that something that was a concern from them in the beginning? It was never a concern. And Mm. again, you know, so much of this program harkens back to just Jim's philosophy on life and on business. And, um, you know, one of those that we really live and breathe every day in Sam Adams is a rising tide carries all boats. And what's good for the rest of the craft beer industry is good, certainly for us. Um, And, you know, that's what, what makes this this category is so interesting is there's so many great people experimenting and innovating. So yes, people are absolutely surprised that in addition to helping, you know, bakers and bodega owners and barbecue joints, we also help other craft brewers. We um, work with cider makers and um, even a few distillers. No, that's incredible. Well, you know, I I imagine, too, even back way back then when the program first started, too, that people probably had no inkling, maybe Jim did, about how much the industry would grow and how many different people would be out there brewing these days and creating hot ciders and all those different things. Absolutely. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's so great to go to an event in another city and have literally dozens of small brewers show up, um, you know, that we can teach them the best of what we learned and also all of the mistakes that we've made over mm. the years, because I think if, if we can help someone avoid a pothole that we stepped in, well, for them, that's just, you know, 
more money to put back into their business or, or to support their family. I think it's so awesome that we have Risa on the show today, Joe, because she's so experienced in so many different ways. So mm. this is a great legacy program. It's been going on for a while now. I'm really curious to know, what are you guys focusing on? Like, what have you been focused on for maybe the past year or so? Because like we look at this program, we're like, wow, it's so amazing. Like it's got all these moving pieces. But wh- what are you working internally to try to hone or iterate on to make the program even more impactful? You know, what's interesting about this is the idea of, of lending and the just the state of business, small business in this country, literally changes every day. And so for us, it's really important to stay agile, to um, be really, really in touch with the different struggles that, that business owners are facing, the different challenges, what's working well, and then just be responsive on a year-to-year basis in evolving the program to meet those continuously changing needs. Um, I think one of the things we've been working on um, over the last year is really strengthening the assets that we have in place and figuring out how to make them work harder. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we have a series of coaching events, um, our speed coaching events that we do, um, usually, you know, 12 to 15 a year. And we are constantly seeking feedback and making adjustments to that program. So how can we make the coaching events stronger? How can we create better um, networking and connection opportunities for um, entrepreneurs in a given city during those events so that they can continue to foster those relationships and benefit from them coming out of the events. Um, we also have um, what we call an ad hoc mentoring program where um, any business owner who has um, taken a loan through the program, any day of the year, any any tough business problem that they're facing, they can pick up the phone and call us and we'll connect them with a Boston Beer employee who can help them work through that problem. So we've really been working on the last year, over the last year, on strengthening that program, on broadening um, the number of employees who are involved so that we can offer many, many, many different types of business disciplines. Uh, to help them. What I've always been so impressed is you guys have had a long-term commitment to cause initiatives and cause marketing and stuff like that. And as usual, you kind of have your your hand on the pulse of what's really happening in the field in terms of like the importance of impact. And so when we look at some of the best programs out there, Risa, they're doing exactly what you're trying to do. You're saying, how can we ratchet this up more so that we can have a bigger impact, not only for the company, but also for the people that we're trying to help? Oh, for sure. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because, you know, the other thing we've been working on the past year is really trying to do a better job at tracking the impact. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, we might have, we might um, engage with someone for a very short period of time at a certain stage of their business. Um, You know, they may need a loan, they may come to a couple of coaching events. But what we really want to know is how has that helped you know, one year out, two years out, three years out? How Mm. has it helped them to grow and expand their business? Have they been able to hire more employees? Have Mm. they been able to increase their personal income? You know, what is the state of their family? What's the state of the community um, where they do business? So there's, you know, a lot of really interesting stuff to watch and track as these um, entrepreneurs grow, grow their own businesses. I'm I'm glad you brought up the business side too, Joe, because in addition to impact, which it sounds like you're spot on and and measuring that and making sure that you're moving the needle there. How how does Sam Adams see this program from a business perspective? Like what does it look to accomplish from a business objective um, through Bring the American Dream? Oh gosh, there's so many, so many things um, that 
that that this impacts from a business perspective. And, you know, some of them are just, you know, things that we love, which is, you know, that, that enables us to stay connected hmm. um, to the culture and, and, um, and the spirit, the entrepreneurial spirit yeah. um, that, that, that this company itself grew out of. And, you know, Jim's such an entrepreneurial leader and really, I think, um, Every day we try and stay, you know, nimble and smart and think of better ways to do things. Earlier in the show, we talked about adding value. And so I think, you know, when you have employees and put them in these situations or, you know, we're not forcing them where they choose to come into these situations where they need to think nimbly, think quickly, um, help uh the small business owners we serve to, to solve little problems in a very short period of time for us, that just continues to help us strengthen and build that, that entrepreneurial mindset and that entrepreneurial um, uh, muscle. Yeah. I can imagine it's really motivating too for your employees to have that contact and be able to feel like they their expertise is helping fuel an entrepreneur's dream. I would imagine like that would be meaningful to me. I would imagine for your employees that would be a high for them. Look, we've all done amazing service days and and we know that when you participate in a service engagement or a service day or volunteer your time and you feel great walking out of there, you always have this feeling like, wow, I got so much more out of that almost than I put into it. People do Mm -hmm. find it super inspiring, um, super energizing. And I think for them also, um, and I know for me, every time I sit down and I'm able to um, counsel a small business owner on something that I know really well or Mm -hmm. I've done over the years, it really gives me additional confidence that, wow, I really know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Why do you think Joe and I do this podcast each week? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was thinking too, Reese or Megan, imagine if we train people to do cost marketing podcasts. I mean, we're we're too busy, (laughs) Megan, sabotaging people so they can't do a podcast like this, right? I mean, we we had Matt Hodges on not too long ago. We really think that maybe we need to take out Matt from GameStop now because he's become too good at cost marketing. He just had his own show. I know. It's a huge threat. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Risa, I have a question for you. When I first met you, you worked uh, at Cause Consultant uh, Mm -hmm. with uh, Mark Feldman, who's a friend of the show and has been on the show before. And so you were busy working on the agency side. And obviously, one of your clients was Boston Beer. And then you were asked to go to Boston Beer and be their cause marketing person. What's the difference between working on the agency side and working on the brand side? And do you have a preference? Oh, good question. That's right. Oh, Joe. Um, So I would say, I would answer that from two perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there's a lifestyle, like a personal lifestyle element to it. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, certainly kind of the the professional piece to that. And I would say, you know, with with a uh, heartfelt salute to all of the consultants who I know listen to your show and, Mm -hmm. and are big fans and, you know, are an important part of this community, it's really hard to be a consultant. Um, You know, your, your time is not really your own. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a different lifestyle. So I would say from a lifestyle perspective, um, you know, being inside of an organization and even an organization where people work as hard um, and focused and fast as, as we do at Boston beer, um, there's a very different kind of pace to your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I will say that, um, 
there's so, so many interesting things that, you know, when you're a consultant and, and enjoy the kind of relationships that, that we, um, when I was at Cost Consulting, enjoy um, with, with companies like Sam Adams and you're a true partner and part of the team and are, you know, really have that, that intimacy around what goes on in the company and try to help solve those really, really big challenges. You never really, really know what you know until you're there. Um, So for me, I think I've been really blown away um, about, you know, my ability to be internal and truly understand um, the stakeholders, my internal stakeholders, frankly, um, and their needs and Mm -hmm. how... Um, a program like Brewing the American Dream can really stretch to help lots of people in in the company address all different kinds of business needs. It's it's never mm. never ceases to surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also the other thing that I really love um, is the ability to focus, to really really focus um, on you know one company. Um, one set or, or, or a growing set of business challenges and just to, you know, to really dig deep and have that focus every day. What about the unlimited supply to alcohol that you have at Sam <laughs> Adams? I mean, I mean, how many times, like, do you wake up at your desk at like nine o'clock at night and you got like a dozen bottles around you and you're like, where am I? It rarely happens exactly that way, Joe. <laughs> although I will tell you <laughs> that the, you know, the, the one of the many benefits of working at Sam Adams is um, is the wonderful, wonderful opportunity to bring home, um, yes, yeah, you know, some of the best beer in America. That's right. That is awesome, awesome. though, for something That's like very that. Funny. So yeah, That's the last I'm place you should work, Joe. Hey, you know, you know what it is, Megan. <laughs> Megan, you know what the problem is too, Megan and research Like we have all sorts of people on the show, and and it's like interesting, Megan. Remember when we were talking to Domino's, and they were like, "We have a whole kitchen here, and all they do is pump out pizzas all." day you can get anything you want and it's like we need a gig like that right megan uh i don't need a gig like that though <laughs> i think i well, would be on the couch the whole time yeah maybe you could work for like a tofu company or something like that or, there we go you know there we go I mean? wheatgrass pot. yeah pot you know what i mean something like that so great that's a whole other that's well, a whole you want in the pacific topic, northwest so. i mean you I, know, I do just want, say it. i do want to actually ask risa a real question versus joking about beer because i'm sure she enjoys her beer but maybe not as much as you might be intimating here, Joe. That's right. Um, but but after, because Joe had a good question for you, you had been on the agency side, now you're sort of embedded in this company. Uh, do you have any advice for agencies now being on the being on the flip side? Like, is, is, are there things that you would have told your former agency self knowing what you know now that maybe would have helped you in your work as a consultant? That is a really great question, Megan. And I'm not sure what I would have told myself because I'm not sure that that the kinds of things like, you know, being able to hear in real time when someone, you know, is walking down the hall and says to you like, hey, you know, I, I went to, to meet with an account last week and I told them about Bring the American Dream and they didn't know that we did this. And now they want to come and coach with us. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you hear in real time about the successes and the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um that really um, I don't think you could hear or get if you, um, unless you're walking the halls every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I'm not sure what advice I would give myself except to, you know, ask and ask and ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, I think, be in touch with your clients, not just on that weekly call, but, you know, even in, in short, informal ways um, as much as possible. Because I think you hear things um, kind of on the fly and come to understand things. And a lot of times it is these hallway conversations or, you know, you're warming up your lunch in the microwave or grabbing a beer is the case is, you know, where I were, mm. um, and just able to cross-pollinate very, very informally. Yeah. And I think that's hard to do when, when you're not there every single day. You, you know, think, I think, Risa, Megan, too, I think it's a great example, too, how many more companies should probably have in-house cost marketing people like Risa. I mean, the type of experience that you bring to a position like that is invaluable. But, you know, Risa, there's just certain things on the agency side. You just don't spend as much time with a client as maybe you need to. And if you're really thinking long term about a real cause program that's embedded in the company, you really need those in-house people who can, you know, and who can, you know, interact uh, with other people on the team and come up with a, a really solid best program and not some type of transactional program that's just going to go away after a year. Well, I think that's the nice thing about our team, which is very small. It's just, you know, me and, and my uh, wonderful sidekick, Jessica DeFeo. Mm. Um, but we have so when people say, you know, well, how many people do you have on that team? You're running such a big program. Really, it's just the two of us. But we are so so grateful that we are part of this amazing organization with a robust brand development team and brilliant creative folks and, um, you know, a, a, a really powerful social media group. And so we're really able to draw on the expertise of so many internal partners. And that's what makes this program come to life. You know, it's very easy to, to sit and have a great idea and run a really effective cause program, but we know, you know, it, it could live and die right there if we mm. didn't have this amazing team of, of colleagues helping us to bring it to life and, and get it where it can have um, that impact with, you know, with our drinkers. That's fascinating. Well, this is such a great program. Yeah, Why don't stuff. you tell us kind of where where you're looking, where you're setting your sights for the next year for the program? Is it more of the tweaking that you were just talking about, or do you have things coming up that you can give us a little sneak peek on? Well, I can't talk too, too much about it because there's lots and lots of exciting stuff in the works. I will <laughs> we'll have to have you, you back on. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Check me out in January. I'll be chock full of good news. Um, but... Um, Next year, I think we're going to be looking at lots of um, exciting ways um, to grow this program with our drinkers and engage mm. them um, a lot more actively yeah. um, on behalf of the on behalf of the cause. And you know, it's so interesting when you talk to people. You know, I think just that my observation, um, based on on you know just the way I walk through the world, but also you know what I'm reading on on social media and and what I see my friends doing. People are so connected to the act of eating and drinking. And, you know, if you even go on your, your Facebook feed right now, I bet you'll see like 20 people who posted what they had for lunch or posted where they're going tonight to, you know, have a 4th of July drink with mm-hmm. friends or, you know, this is what we brought on our picnic to the beach and here I am with this amazing sandwich. And, you know, food and drink is almost become like this, this really fun social currency. Mm-hmm. And so for us, and you know, that's certainly not new. I think it's evolved and it continues to evolve. Um, and so a lot of um, what we're thinking about doing is, you know, how do you capture that spirit um, that Americans have and that, that just 
love of their of their food and drink and how do you leverage that and really get them to care about the craftspeople behind those amazing products and experiences so we're looking at a lot of that stuff for next year that's brilliant i cannot wait to see that for sure another halo award we'll definitely have to have you back (laughs) on risa where can people find out more about brewing the american dream or sam adams if they want to do that online Sure. So, um, you know, please love us and follow us across all of our social media platforms um, at Samuel Adams Beer. Um, But um, also we have a a really um, uh, great website that was relaunched last year. Again, thank you to to our amazing digital team at Sam Adams. Um, And um, it's uh, www.samueladams.com backslash B-T-A-D for Brewing the American Dream. Excellent. And we will include that in the show notes. Joe, where can people find you online if they want to do that? Well, people can find me on my blog at SelfishGiving.com. Make sure to sign up for my newsletter. And you can find me at Minute to Minute talking to Megan in Boston Beer at Joe Waters on Twitter. And of course, check out those pins on Pinterest, Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for today's show at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com as Joe just mentioned. And of course, we want you to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes or Google Play for that matter so you do not miss an episode. While you're there, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode, what you want to hear more about. And on behalf of Risa and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio and we'll talk to you next time. 